Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Hari Kulsa. I'm here doing my audio blog on the journey with my mother through assisted living and hospice. If you've been following me, you know that this has been quite a journey. I was recently in Santa Fe with my mother. I was there for 11 days, and it was it was quite the experience. I'm now back in Seattle, and it, I love coming back to Seattle, uh, mostly because it gives me a good perspective. But this time I realized one thing that was working very well for my mother is that she has a team. And I've mentioned this before, but boy, does it make my life easier. Um, easier in that the stress level. I'm not having to do everything. And that means that hospice doesn't have to call me. They call me, but they don't have to call me every time they want to uh, change the dose of medication, adjust it. They do it. They let me know. But I've given them permission to go ahead and do it. Uh, we've got the parameters set, and I'm much happier with my mother being calmer and not being so agitated. So I've let her, I've let them sort of take that over, which is a really big deal because I don't have to decide, well, what's this medicine and this dose? I don't need to do that right now. Even though I'm a nurse practitioner, even though I'm a medical person, I don't want to be prescribing medications or thinking about what to give my mother. I want to just be the daughter in this one. I also have my geriatric care manager, Lydia, who goes to see my mother at least two or three times a week now. And she is able to assess changes and communicate with with the the hospice team and with the facility. The facility is still somewhat problematic. The staff itself is, is the nurses on the floor. They really love my mother and they help to take care of her. But there remains uh, a stress between the administration, the medical administration, meaning the director of nursing and her team, because she is a little bit hard to deal with, and it isn't just me that has trouble with her, but it is uh, the hospice and outside facilities. They're just not user friendly outside of their own capacity, outside of their own people, and. <clears throat> This brings me to what I wanted to talk about today a little bit more that has really helped my mother keep my mother safe is that as a medical, as a patient advocate, one thing that I always, always try to do with with any client that I have, no matter where they are, is is read the regulations for for the for whatever I'm dealing with. If I'm in a facility 
I like to read the policies and procedures, and I like to read the state regulations, particularly now in this situation with assisted living and hospice. It is quite different in state to state. So one thing that I learned is that, you know, that in some states it's they're not allowed to have hospice and assisted living. So those states are Idaho, Mississippi, Montana, and North Dakota, and their rationale is is that they can't provide good care. Uh, the facility is, it's more work for the facility, and so they're not willing to allow hospice. So if you're going to have hospice for your loved one, you have to move them out of the assisted living, which is can be problematic. Uh, in some states, like South Carolina, you need a waiver from the public health department. And then in Alaska, Arkansas, Florida, Rhode Island, West Virginia, and Vermont, you can have hospice for existing patients in assisted living, but not you can't bring somebody new in and then say they're on hospice. Now, in Massachusetts, you can do that. There are many states that you can do that. And you have to know what your state, what your regs are, because what I'm finding is that you would expect that the facility administrators would understand the regs, but they they often don't. They often use the regs in ways that aren't meant to be used. So that's why I, in my little blurb, I said, you know, um, Megan Trainer did this great song. It's all about the base, and with assisted living on hospice, it's all about the regs. All about the regulations, all about the regs, about the regs. And I say that, and it might be difficult for people to say, well, I don't have time for that. But you know what? When it comes to your loved one, if you can't do it, ask somebody who does know the regs. For instance, the ombudsperson would know many of the regs. But I like to read the regs, and I, as a medical person and as an advocate, I can look at those regs and say, well, they're not following those regs. One of the things that this came up with was when my mother had norovirus, or she didn't have norovirus, she had gastroenteritis, and her place had gastroenteritis, and the director of nursing decided to to isolate people for 10 days, they had to eat in their rooms, and, you know, they would say, well, you can come out, they can come out of the room, but, you know what, eating is such a social event, and it really did cause isolation. And I know I've mentioned this before. It was the beginning of the change in my mother when she was so isolated because the frail elderly, they don't necessarily think about going out and dancing or going over to the next room and saying, hey, how you doing? You know, occasionally they would, but it's not sort of on their radar that they do all the time. It's a different different generation. They just didn't do those kind of things. So I said, this is really odd, 10 days, and then they were going to extend it another week, which would have meant, and it already... So I said, well, let me look at the regulations for the CDC, what the CDC says when an institution has an outbreak of gastroenteritis or, you know, which is diarrhea and vomiting. So I looked, and they said three days, three days from the time the last person uh, comes down with it. So it had been like 15 days since the last person came down with it. And so I sort of said, this is ridiculous, and I pointed that out to both the state regulators and the institution, and, of course, it got changed. Uh, I don't always win these battles, but this is a battle I was willing to take because my mother was being harmed.
by the ridiculous overextension, overuse of regulations. The other thing I'm finding is that these regulations you can only these regulations are meant actually to help institutions and client and residents. So the other it's really interesting when it comes down to hospice and assisted living. Each state and you can always find these regulations through the Department of Health at any state. And usually that's you know DHS or um PHS public health depending upon the state how they call it and it's usually dot gov dot the initials of your state. If you can't find it that way just go to the state the main state your main state website and they should have a you know what what's available you know what are the departments and one would be the public health and you can look on there. The regulations, I mean, they're pretty. A lot of them are standard across the board, but one of the ones that differ a lot are the hospice. And hospice, for some reason, there seems to be a lot of breakdown in the relation, often with the relationship between even nursing homes and hospice, and and assisted living in hospice. The issue really boils down to who's overall in charge. Who's going to do the assessments? Who's going to let who know when? And that's something that if your loved one is going into hospice, you need to set up. You need to make sure everybody's clear on the communication lines. And I say this because hospice, when hospice comes in, they control their doctors and their nurses oversee the medications. The staff at the facility are there all the time, and they should be doing the assessment. For instance, my mother was extremely agitated and not sleeping until we got her on the right medication, something to sleep, which we gave her trazodone. So she that calmed her down, the right dose. But before we got to the right dose, she remained agitated. And... The hospice, the not the hospice, but the nursing home, the assisted living staff knew she was agitated, but they weren't. They didn't call hospice. It isn't that they intentionally didn't call hospice. It's just that they didn't call hospice. The hospice nurse and say, "Look, she's agitated. We need something for sleep." So that is something that if your loved one is in assisted living or long-term care, and you can have hospice in a nursing home. And I think that's really important for people to know that they can have hospice in a nursing home because hospice offers a lot of services. They have someone who can come in and do the bathing like and basic care maybe an hour a day, three, three. It can be up to seven days a week. Depends upon the situation. They have social workers for the family as well for the person. They have a doctor who and nurses who are on twenty four seven call. You know, and not all hospices are the best. The one that I have actually does what it says. They have chaplain services. They have a lot available, and they also have volunteers who will come in and sit with your loved one. and And I think that's all important. It allows you to have some time. The thing that the other thing that I've run into with regs, which I had to read about, is there seemed to be seemed to be another disconnect with when the hospice nurse would call in a new order 
uh, for a client. Maybe it was an increase in a, in just uh, a, a medication they were already coming. It seemed that at my facility, and this may happen at others, although I don't think it does so much, I haven't seen it, the director of nursing refused to allow that increase unless there was a signed order by the doctor. Now, that really complicates things, especially on weekends, and it causes harm. If someone's in the process of dying and they're having pain, say, uh, they need that increase in pain med. And hospice has what they call comfort kits, which they they allow. Um, it's a comfort kit has morphine and Haldol and drugs for and and Ativan. These drugs are for when someone gets into their pain increases or it's really bad. They can give them a dose of morphine, or if they become so agitated uh, or anxious, they can give them a medication to calm them down. So it became very problematic, and I went to the regs, and the regs don't say that they need a signed order every single time because in medicine, doctors and nurses call in. They call into pharmacies. And the funny part about this was that the hospice nurse would actually go get the medication from the pharmacy, which meant that they had called into the pharmacy, and the pharmacy accepted it, and they had filled it, which means it had to have come from the doctor, and brought it over, and still the the, nur- the director of nursing would not allow staff to uh, use it. So that actually is continues to be an ongoing problem, which we're trying to work out. But as I said, when you have the regulations on your side, it's very easy to maneuver through the system. You just have to know that when you read them, you know you may need someone to interpret them. But if you can find an advocate who understands policies and procedures. Uh, then it's really important. The other thing I've asked for, which I or I'm going to ask for, I'm sorry, I haven't asked for yet, is the policy and procedures of the institution. Because if they're different than what the state regulations say, then that becomes a legal issue. And you, you know, you, these. I mean, you think, okay, I need to pick my battles. I'm more worried about my loved one. But when the reason this is something that I'm willing to deal with or have and in, in, encourage my staff to do it is because it's it causes harm. And it's not just my mother when it comes to the medication. It's everyone in hospice in this institution. So my point today is I haven't talked a whole lot about my mother, except that if it weren't for you knowing these regulations, I think we'd be in a lot worse situation. And I've just been able to use what's what the law says. So... Know your rights. I think that's what it boils down to. You have rights as a family and as a resident in these institutions, and you need to feel uh, secure in citing those regulations and doing whatever you need to do. You know, uh, I think that a lot of people don't understand the regulations. All right, till next time, till this journey continues and its craziness. Everyone, have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.